1: Rebecca Green for the Whiny Palooza podcast and I am so very excited to have Tiffany Higgins with me today. Tiffany, thank you so much for being here with me. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to this. This is going to be fun and Tiffany is amazing. She's the founder of the Stay-at-Home Bookkeeper Academy and a mother of five amazing children. I just told her power to her. (laughs) She started her career out as a CPA, working 60 hours a week during tax season, feeling guilty for choosing her career over her family. She realized 80% of what she was doing in bookkeeping, data entry, could be done from anywhere, so why was she working for a corporation away from her family? Now she works for herself for 10 hours a week, makes nearly the same pay with no more long days, no stress, and most importantly, she gets to spend valuable time with her sweet family. She started the Stay-at-Home Bookkeeper Academy to teach thousands how to make money while pursuing the freedom in life they desire, whether working from home or on the road in an RV. That sounds absolutely fabulous. And you're going to teach all of us about this. I love what you're doing. Thank you. <laughs> I, I do want to start, though, because I always find it fascinating as a social worker to find out what inspired people to take the road that they took. So mm-hmm. tell tell us what inspired you to become an accountant. Oh, yeah,
0: that's a good question. I thought you were going to say what inspired me to go down this path to stay home with the kids. <laughs> yeah, that that is next. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I think it's just part of my personality. My dad and my mom were both interested in accounting, not necessarily accountants, but I knew from when I was 16 and I took my first accounting class in high school, that was like the one thing that really intrigued me in school. So uh, I kind of just went down that path. I I knew when I went to college that it was either going to be A teacher or an accountant. And so I decided, do I want to be poor or not poor? (laughs) So I ended up not opting for the teacher route um, and and went down the accounting, the accounting path.
1: Well, that is very interesting. I don't even remember an accounting class being offered in high school. I don't even remember that.
0: Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, we just had a really small, I remember my accounting professor still and from high school, we just had a couple of classes that were offered and you know, learning about assets and that's something that you don't really hear much about in high school. So it was really
1: interesting to me. Well, that's awesome that you found something fascinating. And I know that you were working a ton of hours away from your family. And I know that's hard for all of us. And I'm curious, how did you make the switch from working for someone to working for yourself? Because that's a huge switch.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, it was kind of like just a series of events that happened, you know, over the course of my career and over the course of, you know, motherhood. The first time I had kids, I really knew that I wanted to be a mom, stay home with them. And so I made sacrifices financially to be able to do that. So I had to kind of put my career on hold and stay home, penny pinch. I mean, there were, it was pretty normal for us to have like three cents left in the bank account, you know, mm-hmm. before our next paycheck type of thing. So, but to me, that was just a necessary sacrifice. And it was worth it to be able to, you know, stay home with the kids, be the kind of parent that I wanted to be. And then once they got a little older, they were in school, I kind of went back into the the career world. And kind of, you know, got to do the things that I wanted to do with, with my career, with the skills, my accounting degree and stuff like that. Um, but then I got remarried and then I had my third child and it was like, all of that happened all over again. Yeah. So it was like, I am not going through this again. I, I want to have a career, but I am not willing to sacrifice you know, not being there for my, my new baby and having, you know, her go to daycare all the time. I just wasn't on board for that, but I didn't want to be broke again. It was like my entire life. I had just sacrificed that. And I was broke raising these kids. And I was tired of that too. And so at that point it was like, I have nothing to lose here. So I've got a little bit of experience under my belt and I feel a little bit more comfortable. I don't think anyone feels super comfortable when they start a business, but at that point, the the risks were worth it to me. So I just, I just did it. I just stripped the Band-Aid off and, and just gave it a shot.
1: Well, it's definitely a big jump. And I remember my husband doing it right after we had our first child. And he was like, I can't believe I'm doing this right now. And I was like, you got this, let's do this. That's
0: awesome. <laughs> I remember my husband was a little bit more nervous than me, you know, thinking, okay, we just had a baby. And for him, it was his first baby. And so he's like, and you're quitting your job. How are we going to do this?
1: (laughs) I know it's scary. It's scary, but I'm glad you did. And I'm glad it worked out. And I want to talk about the person who's starting their business. And can you give them some advice? How did you gain clients at the early stage?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can give you a lot, lot of advice on that. Um, and, and just to kind of let you know, when I, when I stepped out and I started my business, obviously I had my, my baby. She was only six months old when I started the business and my husband was working a corporate job in downtown Kansas city. So he was gone 12 hours a day with the commute and everything. And then the older two kids came home from school at like two 30. So I grew my business and did all the marketing Figured out how to run my business and everything with these kids with me all the time. And it was, you know, there's challenges, of course, but it's so flexible um, to be able to do that. And within seven months, I was able to bring enough clients in, bring enough money in that my husband got to quit his job too. So, no it was
1: way fast. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Tell us
0: how you did this. Okay. <laughs> So this was back in 2015. So it was a little bit easier to find networking events like in person. And there's still a good handful of them around now. But even better, there's a lot of them that are virtual. So that makes it even easier for people now. Um, But I found that to be the quickest way at first to to find clients, find potential clients. Um, And in our industry, I teach people how to have bookkeeping businesses and learn the skill of bookkeeping. And so that's the business that I had. Um, you really don't have to market, sell yourself too much because every other business you run into, they need a bookkeeper. They, they have to have one. So it wasn't really too difficult to find clients because all you really had to do was make fr- be friends with them and you know let them know what you do. So if they are in need of something, That you can provide they know exactly where to go and Mm -hmm. so basically bookkeeping sells itself um, which is which is really nice so i always tell my students and what worked for me was just building relationships with people which is great for people that are inexperienced at marketing or sales or also maybe a little introverted because you know you can talk to one person you don't have to get up in front of a room full of a hundred people to sell yourself, just talking to one person and then maybe the next day talking to one other person and then just compounds, you know,
1: that's so much good advice because I know introverts especially are like, I am not speaking at an event yeah, (laughs) and and I am not coming on your podcast. (laughs) I hear people say that to me too. Mm -hmm. But, um, the other thing that you said is we need to do something that there's a need for Mm -hmm. and, and everybody needs a bookkeeper absolutely true. You were working 60 hours a week. Mm-hmm. How is this possible to make the same amount of money in 10 hours a week that you were making in 60 hours a week? Tell us about this. Yes. So
0: I was working at a CPA firm and obviously during tax season, it's uh, high volume. You just really have to work a lot. And I saw what my boss was charging people. And I saw my paycheck, <laughs> right? So you know, there was a, yeah, a lot of wiggle room there. And I also worked on some bookkeeping clients at my firm and, you know, saw what they paid him and then also saw what I like, what it took for me to do that work and then how much I was actually getting of that. So I, I really kind of had an idea going into it, you know, how, how much my life could change if I just picked up a couple of bookkeeping clients um, specifically a couple that I had working at the firm were paying him a thousand dollars a month, and it was only taking me like a couple hours a week to do the work. Uh, and so, you know, that's that's pretty amazing. So that's kind of how how we do it. We we price our bookkeeping services based on value, and we put people into fixed price packages. So it's very affordable and very, very valuable for the business owners. But very lucrative for the bookkeepers because they can set up processes and efficiencies and, and utilize software to really speed up the whole process to where you can make well over a hundred dollars an hour on wow. your clients'
1: work. Well, so, the so the software now is amazing. I can't believe what has come out in the past even few years. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah.
0: So you learn like some basic data entry skills, you learn how to use the software. And then we teach you, you know, the necessary stuff that you need to know, like reading financial statements, how to categorize things for tax purposes, things like that. Um, But that's about 20% of it, 80% of it is basic data entry and utilizing the program. So, you know, anybody can learn this stuff. So it's really, it's really exciting to be able to show people that you can quickly learn a skill. That can get you a hundred dollars an hour or more. So, you know, that's how that's how I was able to work like ten hours a week because you know you can make forty or fifty thousand dollars a year and only have to work ten hours a week. And my students have have accomplished those same things.
1: Now, your students do they have to be accountants or are these? Is this
0: anyone? It's anyone. Um, You actually don't have to have any kind of certifications or degrees or anything like that to do bookkeeping or taxes. The only exceptions I believe are New Zealand and Australia. Mm. We have students all over the world, um, but in those two areas, there are special requirements, but as far as like the UK, US and Canada, um, it's basically no requirements. So we have a lot of nurses, teachers, um, people from the restaurant industry, uh, a lot of different personality types have become bookkeepers in our program and are excelling. So yeah, you don't even have to be an accountant to do this.
1: Amazing. And you're teaching people all over the the place. So you're doing this virtual. You can do this virtually.
0: Yeah. Yep. I actually have a student that was running an in-home daycare in her house in Kansas City and she was working you know 12 hours a day taking care of her kids but all the also other people's kids and she grew her business to where in about 6 to yeah 6 months she grew her business exceeded her husband's income and was able to close down her daycare in 4 months <laughs> and she did all of this during nap time <laughs> literally networking on Facebook during all the kids' nap time
1: Oh my gosh. That's an amazing story. I love what you're doing for women. And, and, and I'm, I shouldn't say women, anyone, you could do this for anyone. We do have some dads in our group. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so tell us your advice to the mother who is working more hours than she wants to. Uh, my advice is to,
0: if you want to make a change that just take a risk and it definitely is worth it. Um, and the good thing about, doing something like us, you know, there's, a, there's other options out there, but if, if you want something like what we're doing, uh, you can grow this on the side. So for a couple of months, it's probably going to get a little worse. You know, you're going to take on growing this business and trying to balance that career, but very, very soon it's going to have a huge payoff and you're going to mm. have so much more time freedom.
1: Well, and I find that the highest job satisfaction is with a flexible job especially as a mother. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yep. You can do your, whatever schedule you want. I actually had twins. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Is it two years into starting my business? I had twins and you know, twins are hard anyway, but then I decided I'm going to make breastfeeding work. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was nursing twins. I nursed them for two years. And, you know, there was many times where I got up and I had that nursing pillow at my desk at three o'clock in the morning. And I'm just working while they're nursing, you know, and I would sleep till noon.
1: So, you know, flexible schedules are amazing. I know. Even the dads have been telling me that, you know, a lot of us are doing these Zoom meetings now, which I love because we can do them from home while we're parenting. Mm -hmm. And I've even had dads tell me that they're doing these meetings with their kids on their laps. And everyone is just, you know, we've adapted. This is just how life is as a parent. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) It's very
0: acceptable, especially now. Now, even more, it's acceptable. When I started my business, I In 2015, I was kind of like, oh my gosh, all the kids, be quiet, be quiet. But now
1: who cares? Kids are running around all the time everywhere. I know. I did tell my children what I was doing, but that does not mean that they won't walk in.
0: Actually, my six-year-old is sleeping on the bed right there.
1: Oh my God. I love it so much. See, I mean, nobody knows what's going on around us. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) There are so many people that are more comfortable being an employer than being an entrepreneur. How can we help shift their mindset? Because I know it's a scary shift. Can you help with that?
0: Yeah, I think probably one of the most common misconceptions is that it's safer to be an employee. Mm. I see that so much. And people are like, benefits, benefits, benefits. And you know, they're, they're worried about, well, what if my business fails? What if I lose a client? But actually, there's all those same exact worries with being an employee. And, and it's worse being an employee because you have no personal control over it. And at what I found when we have students that come to us and they're like really worried about you know health insurance or four hundred one k or something, I always tell them that you don't understand this right now, but once you get your business off the ground, you have unlimited earning potential, and you're you're going to make way more money than you will ever be able to stockpile in a four hundred one k from benefits. I mean, I I have been able to like get other streams of income invest in rental properties we have an rv that we rent out now i mean that kind of stuff you can't do with a with a job <laughs> you know i
1: know i know it's it's such it's such a freeing way of living and i don't think people realize that and when we're working for someone and they're taking such a big cut and we don't know that either mm-hmm. and you and you discovered what you could do on your own versus what you were taking home as an employee. And I think a lot of people maybe don't realize that. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, for sure. Especially if you're making under $100,000 a year. Now, if you're like top level executive, there's a little bit more to consider. But if you're making under 100k a year, it's it's actually harmful for your financial situation to continue as an employee.
1: Yeah, I mean, you've done so much over these past let's do the math. Is it six years? Mm -hmm. No. Is, did I do that? (laughs) You don't want me doing math. (laughs) So so tell us about the lessons, your biggest lessons over these last six years.
0: Yeah, there's, there's a lot, you know, one of the things with being a business owner is that you, you are not going to have all of the answers and that is totally okay. I know that I struggled with that in the beginning thinking, I'm supposed to know this, I'm supposed to have all the answers, but you're not, you're just supposed to be willing to learn, and willing to help your clients find the answers. And that's really all it takes to be successful. So not putting too much pressure on yourself to know Mm. everything, and be everything to to everyone. Um, The other things that I've learned as far as like, you know, just managing being a business owner and having kids, because when you work from home, you, you can't really clock in clock out like you do at a job. So you carry that stuff with you. But I actually had an opportunity to ask Barbara Cochran from Shark Tank, what her thoughts are on like how to balance, you know, growing a business and growing a family. And she said, one of her tactics that's worked really well, which I agree with, too, is building walls up to separate the two as much as you can. Working from home with your kids there, it can be hard, but if you can build up walls around work and try not to let the kids interrupt too much. But on the flip side, when you are with your kids, you've got to build that wall up around your business so it doesn't constantly seep in there and interrupt your time with your family. So...
1: You know, I think she is the one who my husband talks about who said, we, we talk about balance a lot because, you know, he has his own businesses and he works at home, you know, he goes to work, he comes home, he works at home and he keeps working. And she, I think she's the one who said, um, that balance is BS. Mm-hmm and it's all about um, boundaries. I think that was her who said that. And I think she was the one who said she turns off her work phone, Mm -hmm. which, you know, for Seth, his personal phone is his work phone. So as I'm talking to you, he may even want to change that. But, you know, when we talk about balancing, I mean, when we're working at home, I have to tell you, it creeps in all the time. I will say, I forgot to send this email. I forgot to send this link. I forgot to write this up. I mean, Mm -hmm. do you find that it's creeping in on your day all day? Yeah, uh, it can
0: definitely. And especially if you're a newer business and you're in growth mode, it's really hard to completely break away from that. Um, but at some point, you do want to work towards doing that. And I, I have taken steps. I've taken some extreme measures. I actually have two phones. Ah. I have a work phone and my personal phone, and I try my hardest to keep them separate. If any of my team texts me on my personal phone, I tell them, please, please put it in our Voxer. We, we communicate through Voxer. And unless it's an emergency, you guys are always welcome to personally text me to say hi. But if it's an emergency, um, you can text me. Otherwise, just leave it all on the work phone. So um, that's kind of what I do. And mm-hmm. what I also noticed too is, I don't know if this is a common theme with like entrepreneurs, but I kind of get this thing where I call a, a freight train brain. <laughs> where whatever you start thinking about, then you're like, oh my gosh, a million ideas. Okay. I'm going to do this and do this. And so I could just like, you know, work forever. And so it is hard, like in the evenings to turn that off and then go in there and, you know, cook dinner or change a dirty diaper or something like that. That's completely a different skill set. Yep. So what I have found that's helped me and it's really helping like, you know, ca- kind of calm me down a little bit is having full days of no work. Just, mm. you know, like, It's hard to turn it off in the evening, but in exchange for that, I am taking Friday completely off. So I get up in the morning, I do not let myself turn on my computer. I do not let myself check my phone. And I just remind myself that, you know, work will never be done and that's okay. And what's the worst that can happen? Nothing horrible is gonna happen if I take Friday off. And so having that like three day long weekend, has been really awesome for my family, for me. I can like reconnect with my kids and you know, stuff like that. So I actually have been taking Monday and Friday off. So it's been awesome.
1: I love that so much. And I love that you're teaching your team to message you on your work phone. We have to train, we have to train people, right? Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. But you know, you bring up an excellent point, having having days off having separate phones. Yeah, we don't do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and even when you love what you do, sometimes you really need a break
0: from it. Yes. And I've also found that when you do that, you are priming your brain to have more insight around your business. So I have the best ideas for my company when I'm not working over the weekend, laying in bed, reading a book or playing solitaire or or sitting in the hot tub. I don't know. Lots of things just come to my mind when I'm not forcing myself to think about
1: it. That is a great point. And I can't tell you how many women will say to me, I don't have time to take off. I don't have time for self-care. And then we don't do as good a job. It's mm-hmm. like they don't realize that taking the time off and making yourself take care of yourself will make you be- a, better, a better worker the days that you do work. Yep. Yeah, it's a challenge. But really, that is all
0: uh, perspective. And it's uh, all mindset based. So pro- more than likely, you're telling yourself a story of why yes. you take time off. And maybe you think, but my clients expect me to respond to every single email, every single time they send one. Well, that's just a story that you're telling yourself and probably isn't true and can be changed really easily. I actually had a student that was in our mastermind and she joined that. She grew a really awesome bookkeeping business, but she felt like she was working all the time and come to find out she had all of her notifications turned on on her phone and she'd get an email from a client at two o'clock in the morning and she'd get out of bed and respond.
1: So I was like,
0: no, no, no. And outside of eight to five, you do not talk to your clients at all. That is family time. You don't talk to them. And as a matter of fact, if they call you unannounced or unplanned, you do not ever answer the phone. So we set some like really good boundaries around that. And it got a thousand times better for her. And all it was, was a mindset perspective. She just needed permission to not fall into that people-pleasing trap that people get into.
1: Oh, yes. Oh yes. Well, and we're tr- we're teaching people and we're training people every day. So if people expect me My friend texted me and said, we know you're super responsive. So we know you'll respond. And I really thought about that text message. And I was like, you know what? I don't have to respond to everyone right away.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: It's all all boundaries. It's all how we train people. And I love that you talk about the fact that it's our perspective and the stories that we tell ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I think if a story isn't working for ourselves, we need to change the story. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs>
0: absolutely.
1: I Oh, I love how you're helping people. I love what you're doing. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we,
0: we really strive to transform their life so that they can live their ideal life. And the just the vessel that we use to do it is teaching them how to have a bookkeeping business. But there's so much more that goes into it. Um. You know, just extreme enjoyment out of life and reaching your goals, whether it's traveling. We have a lot of people that, you know, they want to move across the country. They want to live somewhere, you know, more relaxing, like in the mountains, or they want to be with family. And so the only way they can do that is if they replace their corporate job income and they can do stuff like that. So it's really about transforming people's lives so they can live the life that they dream of.
1: How rewarding for you to help people yeah. do that. It's, it's amazing. amazing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I was, you know, your, your podcast interview with your husband and he talked about the ripple effect that his businesses have and how many people he's actually helping when he helps others. And we feel the same way. It's, it's crazy because we're, we're not only impacting our students, but their entire family and everyone in their family, their kids, their you know, spouse, their parents. We have a lot of you know students that are wanting to take care of their parents as they get older and stuff like that. So it's really impacting a lot of people, which is
1: awesome. Well, and I was just going to ask you what you like best about what you do, but I think you might've just answered that. (laughs) Yeah.
0: You know, I really love to empowering moms because I have seen so many people go from like jobs that were just so emotionally draining and just bad situations to becoming this empowered, like badass, honestly. Uh really really cool to see all their confidence like flourish like when when they come into our academy we have a lot of mindset training a lot of mindset coaching because there's a lot of barriers that people need to break down in order to like really allow themselves to live a, a great life and helping people pass those things like money blocks you know procrastination fear of failure you know, things like that, because that's where you really transform as a person when you can get past that baggage
1: that you've got mm. from childhood or, you know, early adulthood. So. ah, oh, you're doing such good stuff. What do you think your biggest challenge is right now? Oh, uh, let's see. Biggest challenge.
0: Well, I'm actually, that's a great question. I, I was, recently challenged with learning how to really manage a team because our, our mm. team has grown to 26 people um, in the last two years when we launched our, our program. And so, being the CEO and, and actually being a coach and, and a bookkeeper myself is totally different from managing a team of 26 people. Yeah. Recently, that was a, quite the challenge, but I actually found a really awesome um, agency that helps place Uh, director of operations with companies. And they actually coach in my program now as well to help my students build out amazing teams that can really take a lot of the heavy lifting off of their plate if they're wanting to scale their company. Um, But we just hired a director of operations and now she is managing and overseeing the 26 team members and keeping the business going where it's at. So now my job gets to be just to do the fun stuff where I can like grow it and take it in different directions and develop partnerships and things
1: like that. Well, and and the point that you're making too is that it takes a village. Like we can't we're one person, we can't do everything. Mhm. Yeah, absolutely. You don't want to either. <laughs> it's too much. No. I do think that's a trap that women fall into, where they think that their superpowers can help them do everything, and there's just not enough hours in the day. Mm-hmm. Yep,
0: <laughs> absolutely. That's another piece of advice that Barbara Cochran said. She said um, one of the most important pieces to being successful and growing your business is to hire the right help, mm. but hire the right help at home and overpay for that help because that's where you need it the most.
1: Mm. Oh, I love that advice. She's full of good advice. She is, yeah. (laughs) I was really,
0: really pleased with her
1: feedback. (laughs) I love that you got to talk to her. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, so see, I keep asking you things after you talk about it, but what is the best advice? Oh, no, I was going to say, what is the best advice you have ever gotten? But I have here, what is the best advice you have ever given? Let's start with that. The best advice I've ever given. Let's see.
0: Um, well, I'm, I'm thinking in terms of like my students. And I know that there's been several times where my students have gotten very large clients um, in the four to $5,000 a month range for like one client. And so giving them the advice that you can do it, even if you don't feel like you can do it yet, and Mm. we'll help you figure out how to provide amazing service afterwards.
1: (laughs) I love love that, and you know, it makes me think about my supervisor telling me with my first client, just fake it till you make it. Yeah, yeah, not everybody likes that
0: motto, but it is in my program, and I, I do agree with it, because you know, we all lack some confidence in the beginning and you do have to fake it a little bit at first because otherwise, you know, you're going to be too scared to do anything. So you do have to fake it a little bit at the beginning, but that doesn't mean you're going to flake it. You're
1: actually still going to do a really good job. So it applies to everything in our lives because whenever we're starting anything or whenever anything is new, we feel a little anxious. So Mm -hmm. sometimes we have to kind of get into like an acting mode to give ourselves some confidence.
0: Yes, I had a coach once tell me that you have to brainwash yourself that you're the best. Mm. You're gonna gonna be the best person for the job and that they are crazy if they don't hire you and you kind of have to brainwash yourself for that. And that I believe is true. And if you do that enough times, then you know you're going to be the best because you're going to do whatever it takes to make sure you're doing the best job for them.
1: Excellent advice. Excellent. Any other really good advice that you have been given that you want to share?
0: Uh, Let's see. I think the best advice is to really just take like messy, imperfect action. So whatever you decide to do, just do it and don't really give it a whole lot of thought. And coming from somebody that likes to plan out every detail, it takes a lot for me to say that, but I know that it works. So taking that first step and then taking that next step and and just keep going because one day you'll look back and you'll have taken a ton of steps and you'll be so
1: glad you did. For sure. I mean, we've talked about so much stuff. Is there anything else that you would like to share that I did not ask you? Oh,
0: let's see. Um, the only thing that I guess I could share is that if, if anybody is on the fence about you know wanting to do something like this, we go live in our Facebook group every Tuesday. So we'll help you determine if this is something that is right for you. And if it is, then you can book a free discovery call with our team and kind of talk about what your family looks like, what your goals look like, get all your questions answered. We're a very like, low pressure, um, you know, company, we just want to make sure it's a right, a really good fit for everybody. So, um, we offer, we offer those things for people to kind of explore, explore the option of becoming a virtual bookkeeper.
1: I love it. Can you tell everyone the best place to find you?
0: Yes. Our Facebook group is called have your cake and eat it too. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I I like that motto. It's the motto of our company uh, because we really strive to help parents have that time freedom, but also financial freedom so they don't have to choose between work and family. And um, you can also go to our website at stayathomebookkeeper.com and a link to our, our Facebook group
1: and everything is on there as well. Wonderful. I I can't tell you how much I love what you're doing for families. You're you're making people's lives better, for sure. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me on the show. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule for me. I appreciate you being here. Yeah, absolutely. And I I shouldn't say for me, it's for everybody who's listening. (laughs) Yes. (laughs)